Hello, friends, and welcome to The Post, a Redemption Church podcast, and I'm your host for today, Amy Steed. We've got a great show for you today, and we'll be touching on Romans because our Daniel Turner Youth Ministry Leader is here, and he's going to be telling us all about and filling us in on... Thank you for using my full legal name. (laughs) That wasn't necessary. Listen, sometimes we need to do that. I don't really have a nickname, so Daniel Turner. Did she use your middle name? Daniel. Uh, no, she just used, she just used Morgan Daniel. Turner. Yeah. It's weird. It's not weird. I like it. So we're joined by Daniel Turner. Hey, everybody. We also have JP Gaylord. Not a junior. No, but your true name is John mm-hmm. Paul. Yeah. See? I learned something new every day. Actually, I already knew that. And Justin Kemmer. Not a junior, but I am a JP. Mm. See, he's the wow. OG JP. Two Sorry. JPs, one Too room. many letters going on right now. Mm, no. I like it. It's all right. It's, we, can, we can handle it all. But there are a lot of J's. So I'm glad that there's a Daniel. Mm. Actually, I can't call you Daniel. That sounds very weird. Does anyone ever call you Dan? Uh, nobody calls me Dan. My dad is Dan. Right? Would it be weird if someone's like, hey, Dan, you're like, yeah, no, that's my dad. Yeah. Um, yeah, it would be really weird. Hmm. Okay. Well. And don't go by Daniel. But let's just roll with it for the rest of the podcast, Amy. I go don't ahead think and I give it a shot. That's not hard for me to roll. I mean, I, yeah. I call Danny, Daniel often. Yeah, I guess just, yeah, you do. You do. You do. Because you see the true me. Yes. I am a Daniel. You're I, a Daniel. Who's in a, a Danny's body. <laughs> Okay. So. All right. That's good. Good to know. A, have you God. always been a JP, <laughs> Justin or JP? Have you always been a JP? Uh, yes. Yes. And then has anyone called you JP? I tried. It was probably like seven years ago. I made a half-hearted attempt to become JP with my small group, to which my wife was totally opposed to. But there is one person, one person that'll call me JP. And his name is Joey Cortez. It's not hey. Joey, it's Huel. It's true. So just so Shout y'all know. Out, right? Huel Shout out to Cortez, you better find us. The J- man. He's the, the myth, one that gives me the, the JP. Legend. He does. The yes. Is and that I what you just it. said? The myth, the man, the mm-hmm. legend? Yeah. Yeah. Huel. He better listen. I'm gonna tell him. I'm going to text him after this and tell him he has to listen to the post this week. Okay, we need to have a game. We have a game we have to get to. We had a lot about names, which is great because we're going to talk about, I don't remember how to pronounce. It's, we're going to call it, what is this? What is this? And And that's not how he said it earlier. What is this? But go ahead. So here's how this is going to work. I have a bunch of little cards here. Each of them, the first round, each of them has a word on it. On the count of three, you will all say the word on the card and we'll see what happens. I am terrible at this. I'm very, um, very much a phonetically sounding. Mm. Mm. Phonetically challenged. Mm, okay. Well, it's all right. Okay. Well, however you want to see it. And that's exactly okay, why I, I have asked to turn you to be on the oh, podcast. Thanks a lot. Yep. Rude. But it's also the reason why I asked Justin to be on the podcast. Yeah, because he's going to get it right every time. Mm. He's Mr. Smarty Pants. Debatable. That's not true. Mm. I just I look things I look things up. I can't look mm. things up here. Yep. Okay. Uh, <laughs> I you mean, guys maybe ready we... for card number one? Don't I say can't. anything. I will hold it up. 
We have a second to- I will count down three, two, one, and then you say it, okay? Okay, okay. All of us together? All of you together. Yeah. Ready? Three, two, one. Milk. Milk. <laughs> I really wanted to say milk, just, just to throw everybody off because it makes people mad when I say yeah. milk. Do you say normally say milk? No, or milk? I never do. I say it as a joke. Okay, okay. milk, 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 milk. Did everybody milk. go with milk for this? I think so. Meh, eh, milk. Milk, milk. You ready? Because this is gonna get controversial. You guys ready for is number there only, two? Oh, there's several more. Yeah, okay. I've got a bunch of them. Okay. Ready? Number two. Oh. Ready? Three, two, one. Caramel. Caramel. <laughs> You do not say caramel. <laughs> is you, there is there not an A? There is an A, but that's not how you say it. Are you sure? I have never heard you say caramel. No, you guys in the can three look this years. up. Uh, this is all regional dialects. Caramel. So if you caramel. listen closely and know, I guess, where people are from who say caramel versus caramel, you can quickly identify the region somebody is from. Let's hear it. Okay, you're Caramel. right, but that's not how you say it. Listen, there's a couple silent letters in my name, so Kemmerer. I get it, but the second A in this word is not silent. It isn't silent, but we all say We don't Caramel. all say. I just said it the way I say it. I like it. How do you go about pronouncing it? There's going to be two different ways depending on your personal preference. Either caramel, caramel, or caramel, caramel, caramel. Caramel. All right, please continue. Yes. Great. There are no points. This is just fun. Well, it should be. And I'm I'm winning because I always win. I'm pretty sure. I'm no. I'm pretty sure. It's two points. Not even pretty sure. I mean, it's two to one to one. (laughs) They both said caramel. Yeah. It is. That is not. I'm I'm going to text your wife right now and ask her, how does your husband say caramel? Caramel. I'm going to. Well, let's keep moving. Uh, No, Amy, put the phone down. I'm not going to. Okay. Ready? Word number three. Okay. Justin's laughing. I love this. Ready? Three, two, one. Mayonnaise. All right. Well, Amy was very aggressive with that. We got her three syllables. How did you guys say it? I mean, mayonnaise. I say mayonnaise. I say mayonnaise, but that's not how it's spelled. You know, the emphasis isn't on the (laughs) mayo-naise, but there is... There's but a little yo in there. Yeah. There usually this word can be shortened. How do you say it? Shortened. Mayo. Hmm. Do, do you say mayo? <laughs> I need some mayo on my sandwich. Mayo. So Amy, I feel like you are cheating because you look at the word, you know you probably pronounce it the wrong way, and then you say it a different way than you usually pronounce yeah, it. Yeah, I, like I, I mean, 100% agree. I don't, I don't think there's any. I don't think there's real honesty. <laughs> we need to cut the like the lag time. It needs to be just like a immediate response. Okay. Okay. Oh, I think that'll think? get the real answer. But we're supposed to say it all the same time. I know. We just have to say it. Yeah, I'm gonna put down. it up and say count down quickly. Yeah. You you ready? You're still texting. I'm Allie. still texting Allie. Okay, okay, go ahead. Here we go. Cause this is gonna go quick. Ready? <laughs> Three, two, one. Pecan, Pecan pie. pie. 
I agree with that. Pecan pie. Why are you laughing? At the I, same time, I think there's two different contexts for the word pecan. Yeah. Because in the world of barbecue and... Barbecue? How is this... Well, there's the different kinds of wood that you use. Yeah. You're not calling it pecan wood. Agreed. You're, you're smoking with a pecan wood. Yes. And that's how you would say yeah. it as a, like... I say pecan. Pecan. I don't know where I picked that up. It could be the South. Yeah, I'm with you. I say pecan. I'm a pecan pie guy and a, prob- a pecan wood guy. Okay, kind of I agree. Context difference. matters. Yeah. Yeah. Even though I would, that's like probably on the bottom list of pies I would ever want to eat. Have you ever had one though before? It's so yeah. good. It's like sugar and... I know, it's just not it's my favorite. It's basically just sugar. It's, it's a, a popular pie, pie. <laughs> on the Kemmer side at Thanksgiving and I've never had a piece. There we go. Mm. That's very good. All right. Well, this is proving to be way more fun than I thought it was going to be. We've got one more word left. Amy's okay, still ready. texting. I am. Ready? Three, two, one. Crayon. Crayon. Why are you guys, you're whole, okay. Crayon. Stop it. You messed me up. How did I mess you up? We're supposed to answer immediately. I'm trying my best. I, I can't read that I'm, quickly. You guys. You're definitely dominating the response time, Amy. Hey, I'm what doing did, what I'm told. What did Crayon. you say? Crayon. Crayon? No, I didn't. I said crayon. Crayon. I say crayon. Whereas if a Trisha Bush would be in here, she, she would say, say that crayon. is... crayon. Mm. That sounded a little more French crayon. than Canadian. She would say crayon. <laughs> it is. You're accurate. French-Canadian. That's what she would say, though. <laughs> yeah. Though Just she's saying. not French-Canadian. Yeah. No. She'd be wearing a toque, and she'd say crayon. <laughs> mm. Crayon. 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 I honestly, I'm getting lost and I don't even know how I say this word. <laughs> yeah, that's kind of where I'm at too. Oh, this is great. What about the word tour? How do you guys say that? Like a tour bus? Yeah, like if I'm going, I'm on, going a, on a tour? Uh, a cross country tour. Cross country tour. Did you say tour? Yeah, tour. I think I, I go I think two Most syllables. people say tour though. Tour. The PGA tour. Yes. Yeah. yeah, you say too. Okay. All it's right. the same thing with we'll, like... We'll save it for next time. How do you say... I'm going to spell it out so that I don't say it. I say bagel. <laughs> Not bagel. No. Bagel. R-O-O-F. <laughs> yeah, hold on. This may be a Josh Tovey special. Mm-hmm. Ruff. <laughs> <laughs> Is that really how you say it? No. Roof. That's how I say it. How do you say it? Do you say rough? I think roof. I say roof. I I say roofed as well because there's two O's. Anyway, I can't handle it when people say I'm going on the roof to fix. I'm like, what are you doing? That's not how you say it. It's probably just a regional thing. It's okay. We don't need to be judgmental about it? it. Boom. I just got a response from the Alley Camp Kemmer. Er, and she Camera, says, don't he says, no. caramel. No way. No. I'm uh, showing when's the time, she When's the last time she heard me say caramel? caramel. Oh, yeah. Not even Thanks. a certainty. Wow. Mm. Danny mm. can attest. It says, I think. Dang, Amy. That was... That's can, can we move on to really round two? Because I got some pictures in the court of oh, oh, you're oh, round two? Yeah, yeah, we didn't know there was a round two. Okay, yes. totally Holy two. moly. Here so we are. We're moving time. on from just having a word in front of you. I'm going to ask you to identify an object. Okay? Oh, boy. This Same is... thing. I'm going to hold it up, and you guys are going to get... I'm going to count down three, two, one, and you just have to Wait, go. Wait, can we start slow? No. What do you mean slow? Well, I'm just... I'm. 
I don't know what I'm getting into. Round one. Like, what kind of pictures am I going to see? Yeah. So are you going to do the countdown thing? Yeah, I'll still do the countdown thing. Okay. Do, should we not? No, we should do the countdown thing. I was, okay. I was maybe going back to like... Giving us a second or two or ten. Yeah, like do you, do the you pace want, of round one. Do you want to slow down slow, from the pace of round one? Started slow, then Because we'll there are faster. only two pictures. Whatever. Okay, ready? Picture one. It is not a lobster. Three, two, one. Crawfish? Shen? Crawdad. Oh. <laughs> What did she say? I believe she said shrimp. Yeah. That is true. I take it back. I'm sorry. Some huge claws for did a shrimp. Did you hear me? I said immediately, oh, because I was looking at his tail. I wasn't even looking. I'm sorry. Yeah, do you want to take another shot at it, Amy? No, I, I don't. No, I wouldn't have said. I wouldn't have said crawfish, but now that he said it, I She's would say that. firm on shrimp. Well, I'm she's standing firm <laughs> on shrimp. Crawfish isn't necessarily the right answer, though. Yeah. I don't, I don't know, then... So the three options. Actually, no. A crawfish isn't red. It is a crawfish, Listen, a crawdad, or a crayfish. Oh, crayfish. Dep yeah, depending on where you live. Yeah. But the 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 crayfish up north were like sand color because John actually caught a bunch and wanted mm. to eat them. Side note, weird, and they all turned red after he boiled them, and I did not eat them. So six. I have six. That's not that's not true. <laughs> Danny has five. Amy has two. Yeah, Amy, you really hung up on the color and not the shape of mm. the animal. I'm just saying. <laughs> okay. And I feel like I need to look up a picture. No, literally, it's we, all we the same thing. <laughs> <laughs> go ahead, go ahead. I'm ready. All right, last one. Uh, we're going to go a little bit quicker. Here we go. Three, two, one. Roundabout. Roundabout. Okay. Some people would round say boot? round the boot <laughs> or traffic circle is oh. what a lot of people hmm. go with. Traffic circle. Crayfish. The, the bigger debate on Crayfish. that. The bigger debate on that picture is actually teaching people how to drive through yeah. the roundabout. Yeah. I'm actually planning a full podcast episode uh, as kind of a public service announcement. For a roundabout? Why are roundabout so angry right now? I'm not yeah. angry, but I just want to prove to you that crayfish are not red. Mm. Let the record what show. What crawdads? <laughs> what color are crawdads? A crawdad. That's what I think they are. Uh, JP, that, that podcast needs to be about roundabouts and zipper merch. Ooh, the zipper merch. This Ooh, one, that's good. He seems like he's posing for this picture. Yeah, that's a crawdad. So okay. I would say that's an accurate depiction of a crawdad, mm. not a crawfish. Crayfish, excuse me. You do know all of them are names for the same <laughs> genus and what did you species say? of. What did you say animal. it was? I said crawfish. I mean, you're arguing not with any of us right now. You're arguing with Google. So as JP, well, I just want to know what picture crawfish. This mm. picture came up, and you're saying nope. no. The first picture that came up of a crayfish didn't look like that. You said crayfish. All right. Well, this is not where we meant to end the game, but <laughs> I just like to prove my rightness, and I'm right. All the best games okay. end in controversy. Mm. Good, job, good job, Amy. You win. I don't oh. win. Now you're making me feel bad. Okay. Don't worry. It's I okay. don't agree. I'll you didn't win, win then. It's okay. <laughs> I win. I didn't say I won 
the game entirely, but mm. I'm just saying, and we're writing a couple things, like how you say caramel, and that that's not a... Well, if you're listening, would you please uh, find Amy this week and just remind yes. her that we're... It, crawfish, crayfish, and crawdad are all the exact same animal. Mm. They may vary slightly in coloration, yeah. but... If you happen to have a crawfish or a crawdad... Yeah, or find one. You should well, bring it to us. We used to have crayfish and fights a in a river when I was younger, and they definitely weren't red. Okay. Where? Well, you fought the crawdads or City, you would train we would, them and they'd fight each other? No, we would actually have sand fights, and then you, when you'd scoop up the sand in the river, yeah. one actually was, you'd get some in your hand, and one landed like right on my face. Yep. It was not fun. I didn't like this it. This was in Byron Center? <laughs> no. <laughs> no. Howard, I, City. Howard City. Oh, Howard City. What's that? So there's there's Byron Center and there's Howard City. <laughs> okay. and I'm from <laughs> Grant County, Kentucky. So exactly. I'm just saying. He's I, probably, there. I probably won up to you. Yes, exactly. I played with the crawdads in the Justin. river. Justin. <laughs> so we weren't playing with them per se, but they, you might have picked one up on accident and it didn't. Landed right in my face. Oh, the coffee maker. Sorry. Yep. It's the coffee maker, but that also is the time to transition to something spiritually <laughs> edifying. Let's do it. Danny. Yeah. Uh, you are starting a new series with we, RSM. Yeah, and we, we did. It is going to be on Romans, but not the entire book. Tell us a little more about the series, what the idea is, yeah. and where you're going to be camping out in Romans. Totally. So we are in a series called Real Life that we kicked off um, last Sunday night. And we are looking at uh, a number of passages in the book of Romans, um, a couple of Paul's arguments that get brought up like in chapter one, chapter three, and get carried through the book. But specifically we're going to land, or we've been landing in Romans chapter 12, um, which I can just read um, for you guys starting in verse one. It says, this, I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is the good and acceptable and perfect. Um, so night one um, is kind of a launching point for the series. We basically just talked about um, what is real life. Um, Paul is making an argument that um, as Christians, we, um, because we live by the mercy of God, um, have a completely new way of seeing the world that we are invited to um, participate in. And so we, we looked at um, a little section in Romans chapter 11, right before he says that statement I just read. Um, he makes the claim, um, which I think is true. I think you, most of us who grew up in church would agree with this. Um, it's, he says that for from him and to him and through him are all things. Um, and so, yeah, basically, um, real life is starting to see life through the lens of God in control of his good universe and um, interested in doing life, doing life with you um, in the here and now. Yeah, and that's kind of the, the cool transition in the book of Romans is you get a lot of really deep, dense theology in the first few chapters. What, one through 11, I think, is traditionally thought of as the theological section. Yeah, totally. 
Uh, and then 12 through 14, 15 ish. Yeah. I think there's a 16 in Romans. There is, but 16 is all like the final kind greetings. Kind of greetings and yeah. stuff. Yep. Totally. Oh, but 16 is loaded with controversy because Junia is outstanding among the apostles. And there's question as to whether Junia is a male name or a female name. And mm. yeah, there's like a whole thing about whether women can be elders from Romans nice. 16. I wonder what she identifies as. Yeah, Just we. Kidding. <laughs> Do we need to give a disclaimer? <laughs> <laughs> no, that's just kind of a... Anyway. Yep. Uh, so, yeah, looking at 12 through 15 or so. Uh, do you guys, Amy, Justin, as you look at the book of Romans, are there any key passages for you, things that have meant a lot to you as you go through your spiritual life? Uh, even the verses that Danny Danny touched, and, and to your points, like you're certainly grew up in a setting where, you know, you walk the road of Romans, the Romans road. And, and so there's a lot of good news within Romans and, and certainly even a, and even a piece of that, even as I'm talking, uh, I am continually comforted, blessed, um, n- know God's love, even in, in the, beauty of even while we were yet or still sinners, Christ died for us. And, and just the piece of the, the struggle with, with sin in the, in the here and now that, that is real life, the battle against flesh, the battle against the enemy, the battle against culture, that there's, there is failure. Perfection is for the, for the next life. And, and even yet in the, the struggle of real life, the struggle of the day-to-day, Christ died for me. He died for for us. And I love the simplicity in a lot of those gospel statements in in Romans. Romans 8 1. It's it's a repetitive prayer in in my life again to know my identity in Christ when I doubt, when I actually think it's based on my performance or morality or you know, I, even as a staff, we were wrestling with, with things last week, um, just even in relation to, to our depravity. And the, the thought or the, or the thinking that I, I failed, but then I actually have to go through a season of some type of obedience or some type of moral living to get back into good standing with the Lord before I can even approach him. Um, and yet, What's, what's the beauty of Romans 8.1? No condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Not free of consequence, but free of condemnation. And, and so there's just beauty through that, but it, it does come, I do love the turn that it takes and the, really have always come back to those verses in Romans 12 and even the, the call to sacrifice. And yeah, you have your, your doctrine, but now you have your, your practice and what does that look like? And even relating it to, had the chance to go to a conference a week and a half ago, Send Network, and one of the lines that, that has struck me that I've been holding on to and even um, just meditating on, where is the Bible, commitment's not a bad word, commitment's a right word, but there's different ways that commitment looks like. And I think often in our, in our settings and even Christian circles, we can talk about commitment, we can talk about recommitment, we can talk about re dedication, commitment, and all that, all that stuff. But when it comes to 
the, the ultimate call on our lives. The Bible is not calling you to commit. The Bible is calling you to die. So dying to, to self and, and that, and dying to um, putting to death the things of, of the flesh. And the beauty of that dying is that is a picture of our, our commitment. And ultimately that death, that call to die is, is what I hear even out of Romans 12, where that's the sacrifice. Yeah, but the, and this is exactly the turn that gets made at, between 11 and 12 is that that call to die isn't just as simply, hey, this is the right thing to do. Like you should just, you should give everything up. You should die to yourself. It's in view of God's mercy. Like this is what we've spent the last 11 chapters talking about from Paul's perspective because of all this. And it explains why it takes 11 chapters to lay it all out. It's not easy to go to somebody and say, you, you need to give everything up. Like the call is to die. So he takes the time he needs to get into the theology and truly understand what the situation was, what the gospel is to say, because of all this, this is what we now, the moment you're living now is a call to uh, place yourself on the altar. And I think it's kind of ironic, right? That we're, we get to this passage and what I've always heard about the, the call to be a living sacrifice is the problem with a living sacrifice is that it can crawl off the altar, which I guess kind of dovetails from where we've been at in Genesis with Abraham and the sacrifice of Isaac, where... It's implicit in the story, but he's a teenager. I think Josh even said what? He could have blown on Abraham and knocked him over. He could have easily said no to the sacrifice. And so somehow he was willing to crawl up on the altar and remain there. Uh, And yet in that sense, like we see the picture of Christ in all of that, but it's also a picture of what our Christian life is meant to be as a sacrifice. Well, I think there's aspects of, and certainly you see it all throughout scripture. Even one of the things that was a cool picture to me in Genesis 23, it's, it's just about Sarah's death and mourning, but there was a, a pic, underlying picture for me for, for Abraham who is in the promised land, but doesn't own a permanent place. He's, he's wandering all throughout Genesis. And there was just this picture where he wants a permanent place to bury Sarah. And so he ends up buying a cave, buying a field where, where even Abraham and Isaac, Jacob, Joseph, they're all end up gonna be buried in this cave and in this field. But there was something significant in that moment that Sarah died and she is the only one that at that point in time has a permanent place in the promised land, but she's dead. And the beauty of that is the dying to self, the the death as we see in scripture, isn't the end, it's actually the beginning. And so the death on the cross and the resurrection, that is the beginning. And so even in life, we think like dying to self, taking up our cross is, is the end in reality to some of the things that we love about this world, some of the things we love about our, our sin and some of the things that we are so holding onto with a tight grip that we don't want to let go because we're actually fearful of what that will mean. But that's where life begins. Even deny yourself, take up your cross and follow me. It's actually the beginning of something new. It's actually the beginning of, of real life with, with Jesus. Yeah, there's a death, but there's a new life. Yeah, that's really good. I know I say this time and time again. You guys have, <laughs> you have such good background knowledge. And I feel like even in the last 
three years of me being the kids ministry director, going through the gospel project is almost like a learning experience for me too, because it really does take you back. Every single lesson points back to Jesus. And it's interesting that even you're talking about Romans, we're still in the Old Testament and we just talked about what mercy is and what grace is. And so it's just, it's an interesting thing how it does everything truly, the Bible truly points back to Jesus and everything that we're talking about right now, even though, like I said, Old Testament um, has to kind of relate to what you're saying. So like one of the, the questions, what is grace? Grace is when God gives us something good, even when we don't deserve it. And we talk about that time and time again with our own kids, but in kids as well. And I just was talking about that with the kids um, when I taught a few weeks ago. And I just asked them like, what what is something what's something that you you think you deserve? And they're like, more screen time. And <laughs> I want to go to the mall. And I want, you know, like all this very, you know, little kid thing, little perspectives. And that's why it's like, you're talking big picture, like stuff that kids wouldn't understand. And so how do you bring that so that our younger kids can understand it? And that's where I always feel like that's my perspective every time I'm on the podcast. So hopefully you don't mind that I always bring it up like this. Anyway, but um, I just think it's so important because they don't see it as big picture like that in their whole entire life. The only thing that they're worried about is themselves and what am I gonna do after I get out of class? I'm gonna go eat my food or I can't wait to go play a video game. And so I just always try to relate it back to that. And like, um, even like with Harrison, I know I use him as an example a lot you know, he's a teenager. And so when he gets home from school, what does he want to do? He wants to go play video games or he doesn't want to do like his chores. And so I just, we just were talking about grace and how he's like, I just can't stop. I want to be able to do that. I love doing that. I'm like, I know you love doing it, but you don't deserve to do it right now because you have to do this. And um, just the conversations that you constantly have in your household about that specifically and what grace means and what mercy means and how Jesus sacrificially gave himself on the cross for our sins. And it may not exactly have to do with Romans, right? When I'm saying that out loud, but it just is like that continuation story of- is Me disciplining my, my children. Cause I find everything I'm trying to correct or discipline, the things that are coming out of my mouth towards my kids are the exact things I believe that God is trying to tell me. So even at the core of all this, even though it's different seasons from kids to students to, to adults, I mean, I'll just talk about myself. I, I, I'm, I'm really reluctant to die to self, to die to my pride, to, to put to death the pride, put to death the selfishness. And, and it's like, those are the pride, selfishness are, are all roots of no matter what season we're in. And so maybe even, I don't mean to, throw this at you, but as you're going, getting into Romans with, with students, you think of what they're going through, which would be, would mirror even what adults and, and kids are going through. It's like, what, what even is your aim through, through Romans? Like, what do you want your students to know? And what, what does God want them 
the, our students to know and what does God in, in response to that want our, want our students to do? Yeah, I think that, um, you know, we, we've been using this illustration because I think it's simple and it's it's really helpful to understand kind of what I think Paul is getting at. Um, but I use this illustration of talking about when I was like 14, I think the first time I went to the eye doctor. And I, if you know me, like I, I have really bad eyes. Like I'm, I'm legally blind, like would not be able to operate um, without my glasses at this point in life. But what was interesting about that part of my life is that we get to the eye doctor and I, I mean, I had noticed a little bit of fuzziness and like maybe something was off that prompted going to the eye doctor, but I wasn't, I was able to really do my whole life as, as normal at that point. And the eye doctor looked at my mom with this like, oh no, like we need to do something because this kid's eyes are really, really off. And I remember them giving me my first play, pair of glasses in, in the eye doctor and putting them on and feeling like, wow, this is a whole new world. And, and I think what's, what's interesting is that if you think about that illustration of being um, not completely blind, but having impaired vision versus putting your glasses on and seeing the world for what it really is, your perspective on how the world works isn't necessarily what... Um, it, it actually, the world works regardless of if you see it correctly or not in a certain way. And I think when we talk about what reality is, really, scientific reality, you know, there's political realities, all of these things, people are trying to figure out how the world actually works. And Paul's making a statement and saying that God is at the center of everything. And in reality of Jesus is that although we are dead in sin naturally, there's a God who desperately longs to do life with you, to forgive you, to empower you, to make you a completely different human being. But that is going to be like putting glasses on and learning to do life and see life in a different way. Um, and so that's, that's the goal um, is that we would all, um, you know, put our glasses on. Um, more and more each day. I use the example um, with our kids because this has just been, you know, for me in my personal life, this has just been something I've been thinking about. But I had, I had a day a couple weeks ago where I put Malachi down. Um, it was just a him, him and I day with Alexia at work. And I put him down, walked outside in Spring Lake in my house and the birds are chirping and whatever. It's beautiful in spring. And I, I just had this thought like Jesus says, that um, to, to look at the, the birds of the, the air and they don't stress out about their life. They're not worried about where their next paycheck's coming from. They're not worried about their five-year plan. And yet your heavenly father feeds them and takes care of them. And how much more valuable are you to that than, than, than they are? And um, what's interesting is that even as a pastor for a few years and a guy who... Um, you know, longs to be in the, with the Lord and trust the Lord in that way. That wasn't a kind of an odd feeling of feeling like, oh wait, yeah, God actually does care for me and I'm safe in his good world. And I walked in my little cabin and grabbed or saw a, a thing of Ritz crackers on my shelf and grabbed a cracker off the shelf and ate it and literally thought, man, I know I've worked for this. I know I had a paycheck that paid for this, but more than that, my heavenly father cares for me. 
And that, in that moment to me was like putting on those glasses and seeing the world for what is actually happening for a moment. And so I think for all of us, there's room to grow, um, but I'm really excited to see the Lord work. And I'm just praying that he would do that work, that eyes would be opened and that hearts would be soft um, to hearing what feels like a crazy message on the front end, right? It, seems, it feels unnatural. It is, it's just, some re- to just for some people, it's, it's, it's something to consider. Um, but it is true. I think it is true that God cares for us. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Uh, I've heard you tell that story, I think three times now (laughs) and every single time about the birds and the Ritz crackers, every single time when you walk into your house and get the Ritz crackers, I'm waiting for you to bring the Ritz crackers outside to feed the birds (laughs) and realize that you're participating in God's care for creation. It's It's my first time. And I, that's what I anticipated as I well. I did too. Yeah. Then he said he ate it himself, and then I was like, "Oh, oh. I, I yeah. want a Ritz cracker. I want a Ritz cracker right now." Or you put it in your mouth, though? salt down, just yes. so you know, salt yeah. down. Absolutely. You can't. Anyways, <laughs> sorry. But no, true. next time, that would be beautiful <laughs> in its own way. No, but I hear what you guys are all saying about the and and Danny, you kind of summed it up with the eyeglasses analogy, and I think that is entirely why. Uh, you get those first 11 chapters and why conversations, whether Amy, it's with your your kids or Justin, whether, you know, it's just the internal dialogue, which is not just a you thing, it's a me thing as well. Um, it's so important to keep going back to the foundations is because, you know, when you first do get those glasses, you, you're like, wait, what? Uh, and it just takes so long to get used to from a theological sense this is the reality. My sin is awful and terrible. And even though it may not seem that bad at face value, I've offended a holy God, but here's the rest of the story. You know, so he goes through that. Um, and then Danny, you made an interesting comment uh, yep. as you were introducing it. Uh, you gave a fun story with Bear Grylls and all that, yeah. but the <laughs> gist of it was... Um, that yeah, when you place your faith in Christ, like he's there, he's going to help you, but it's just that he's going to help you. Like, and not even to get into the, the, well, do you have to earn your way into salvation argument? Because I think we come down pretty clearly and firmly, no, you do not earn your salvation. That is a gift of God. But Christian life is actually a journey with God. He's not going to do it all for you, uh, but he will give you guidance uh, and help you figure out the way to go. And is, is that kind of the way you're casting the rest of Romans uh, as we look at chapters 12 through 15? Yeah, totally. Yeah, totally. Um, you know, I think about Paul makes these arguments like in Philippians. Um, he does a similar thing in Ephesians. The Philippian ones is, help, is helpful because it's just a couple sentence, but sentences and you probably recognize it. But the, the statement um, to work out your salvation with fear and trembling Right. Um, I've, I think in the past I've heard people, in my opinion, incorrectly use that to be like, figure out if you're saved or not, like really like work it out like that. And um, I don't think that that makes sense in the Greek. It also doesn't make sense with how the, the sentence flows. He says to work out your, your salvation and with fear and trembling. Why? Because it is God who works within you for his good will and pleasure. 
right? So you're, you're, you're recognizing, or Paul's recognizing that the Christian life is not just God um, saying, okay, now you and I are cool and I'll see you in heaven in 50 years and, and whatever, I'll be around if you need me in the meantime. He's, he's saying, no, 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 you could not do what you were called to do as a human being made in the image of God without God's help. That was never part of the story, right? Go back to the garden. We're made to live in communion and dependence with God himself. And what mankind has done is that they've said, no, I'll do it my own way. And so God and Jesus has restored that, that bridge and now made it possible for people like you and me to be indwelled with, with the presence of God, like the temple that our body is, and it's supposed to be... Um, and dwelled with God and then empowered by God himself through his spirit um, to become something that's completely new. Um, so yeah, I, I do think, um, you know, you can get into the conversation of who's doing the work. Obviously God's giving you the spirit and is that just going to take you over? What is that experience going to be like? It's definitely something that, you know, is over my head. And, and I would just say like, we're all kind of um, going back and forth of, figuring out is this God's responsibility or our responsibility or whatever. But I will say just in broad brushstrokes so that God wants to um, work with you. He has a very high view on what it means to be a human being and restoring a human being back to the image of uh, Adam having dominion over the earth and working as an image bearer of God is something that we shouldn't take lightly. And it's a wonderful thing to be now empowered um, to not have to depend on the flesh but to bear the fruit of the spirit, which is not the fruit of JP or Danny or Amy or Justin. It's the fruit of God in us producing love and self-control and those beautiful things that we all long for. That's great. And if if I may drop some Christian mysticism, (laughs) right? We talk about the Trinity and how it's uh, one God in three persons. And, you know, the two tendencies are either to reduce the three persons down to one God or to push one God into three persons and and divide and separate. What is the role of the Father, the Son, or the Holy Spirit? And how are three distinct persons operating as one unified, united, I'm not sure what the proper term is, you know, Godhead. And uh, for as much as the relationship between the members of the Trinity uh, is mysterious, uh, I think as you look at sanctification, you start to get into the same fuzzy borders of what is my role? What is God's role? And in some way, it's just this beautiful interaction uh, dance almost of God empowering and me living in that empowerment. Uh, Where does one end and the other begin, you know? Um, Yeah, I I would punt even in sanctification to mystery. Uh, And maybe that's the most clear statement and (laughs) comfortable statement for us to make at this point. But yeah, any other thoughts on, on Romans or... I, I, I'm at a point where I, I now, after hearing Danny's analogy, I'm, I'm going back to the eye doctor. And so yeah. <laughs> just, just from the sense of not to oversimplify, but, but to simplify. Whereas I, I go back to my experiences with the eye doctor and, and I'm, I'm sitting in that chair being cared for, being known in the right place where someone's going to give me clarity. 
And I think of that eye doctor as you kind of focus in and, and move your your face into the mechanism and it's option one or option two. Which one's clear? One or two? And you have a doctor that's there just flipping back and forth trying to move you. Number one, he's going to care for you. He's the one that's going to give you the clarity. And here he, he is as we see choices in our life, choices that will leave a legacy if, if we build off of this last week. And and it's a choice of, of clarity or, or fuzziness to, to use your word. And, and there is the Lord just offering us the clarity and, and we get to choose in that sense, all while in the care of his, of of the eye doctor. Whereas like we're, we're where we're supposed to be, we're safe in that moment, but yet in the course of life in that sanctification process, is it option one, fuzzy, option two, the clarity um, from the day-to-day practicality of, of life and, and making those, those choices um, under his care. And I think there's a little bit of insanity in all of us um, where it's like we continue to do the same things expecting different results. Um, but what if we chose the clarity? That's good. All right. Well, that I think wraps up the show for you today. Justin, I haven't been on this podcast with you in a long time. So nice work. I'm rarely invited. Oh, that is untrue. Untrue. Only when we need clarity on grammar and pronunciation. Oh, there we go. There we Ooh, go. Pronunciation or pronunciation? Oh, don't start Definitely with me. Definitely pronunciation. Yeah. Awesome. That's... I thought I was going to be alone in that. Really? Pronunciation. Do you say pronunciation or pronunciation? I do not. Well, but that's, I say pronounce, but not pronunciation. Pronun- pronunciation. Yeah, see, pronunciation. Mm. That's yeah. right. If you're listening at home, say it to yourself five times and right. let us and know. Right, and then we'll see you. Pronunciation, pronunciation, caramel. <laughs> not according to your wife. I'm just going to say that. And thank you so much for joining us today. And if you haven't already, we encourage you to click follow, subscribe, or like on your podcasting app to make sure you get notified when we release an episode. If you have any questions or comments, we'd love to hear those. Just connect with us via email at info at redemptionmi.org, or you can send us a message on social media at redemptionmi on Facebook or Redemption Church MI on Instagram. We hope you guys have a great rest of your week and we'll see you next time on The Post.